Awake the Tribe podcast tells the intimate and personal stories of everyday people who are doing the hard work of transmuting their familiar programming, societal expectations, generational traumas, colonization mindsets, and patriarchy perspectives. These are the inspiring and celebratory stories of the brave, true, and awake. Hi, welcome. This is Awake the Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Rhoda Tudorin, and today I have the pleasure to introduce you to Lydia Rose. Uh, I've been following Lydia for quite a while, and I just love everything she posts. But what really got to me was a very personal story about her journey, and I just thought, perfect for the podcast because it really inspired me. And I just really wanted to talk to you, Lydia, more about how you've taken this very painful, difficult past and you're using it as your gift. You're really coming into full bloom. And as I mentioned to you before this call, I have a similar background in terms of my sexuality and just a little similarities here and there. But what really got to me was how you really embodied it and took it as your strength. And I, I feel like I haven't fully done that. So I'm excited to learn from you. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and just, just vibe and chat with you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do, what you're offering, what you're all about in terms of your work and, and all that? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know who I am anymore right now. I feel like I'm going through such a rebirth process and re-death for sure. So I've been there a bunch of different times and um, I feel more accepting of my humanity than I've ever felt before. So um, I can give you some identifiers of things that I have been, but it feels so wild to be me in the present moment. I have um, been a person who has survived abuse in the past. I've been a person who has um, made a home out of addictions or disorders. I have been a person who has survived multiple suicide attempts, uh, multiple rapes. I am a person who um, was unconscious but very creative for most of her life and then um, was injured in uh, 2008 and had a huge spiritual awakening from that place. I'm a person who um, always saw sexual energy and loved sex and loved kissing and got so in trouble for child's play and, uh, and then um, didn't remember that I was abused for many years. And some of those stories led me down certain paths of sex work. I really didn't ever know um, who I was unless I was like using this sexual power that I had. And really what it was is just wanting to make people feel good with my sexual energy. I almost felt like I could just like wipe off the ick that they had inside of them. And I always saw it in their sex or in their like love sex areas. And that, um, I had that when I was more unconscious of it, like in my twenties, I, I just thought, wow, I just keep doing this. I'm just so weird. And I would just like lose jobs and um, just like pretty much lose anything because I couldn't turn it off. Not that I was like hypersexual. I don't even think that's a real term, but 
Um, but just that this was like a magnet for a lot of people that were hurt. And I felt like I really wanted to give them my gift and I didn't have any way of saying no. So I got in a lot of trouble because it felt like I, of course I would do this healing for them. Like, of course I would take this energy away from them. Um, but I was super ashamed of it and it was hidden away for a really long time. And I became super sick in my body and I always was really sick, like starting from a young age, but I became super sick in my body when I was like five. And, um, when I got to age 28 was when I had like a full body breakdown and lost teeth and hair. And I had other breakdowns before that. I had had other, um, big experiences in my life that had led me into the body and out of the body as a way to survive. And that was when I went on another big healing journey um, with my body and then also my pussy. So uh, a lot of different things happened then. And um, I ended up on the other side. We can get into more of that later if you want. But right now I, um, I had a huge business that just failed like epically and I'm channeled herbal lubricants and I just got so big with it. And I got so big at a time when I didn't even understand how big it could get. And, um, I'm feeling into really announcing how big I failed because I really took such a huge, huge risk in my life as a person who's always struggled and been working class and poor. I just put every single ounce of anything I ever had into it, but it also wasn't like ever pushing. And um, at the same time, I downloaded and channeled a lot of sexual practices that could really help you to feel your body and move energy in your body and specifically squirt or gush or move downward energy because that's been really helpful for me in my life in releasing old stories and old nervous system patterns on top of my sex. And, um, from that place, um, I just started coaching and doing things like that. And now I feel like I'm in a, I'm at like a zero point where I know there's going to be new offerings and new things that are coming through me. I'm writing a book and I'm just writing, writing, writing. And, um, the next iteration of however this medicine will come through is yet to be known, but I do do little coaching sessions here or there, or I do book for people to just have energy readings with me right now. Um, but it's not something I'm forcing or pushing cause I'm just in a real like, yeah, swirly moment. And that was a super long answer to just <laughs> tell me about yourself, but I just, I wanna... all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just like flowing with it. I think it's, I think it's important for me to say that I'm human because I feel, I really feel committed to just being like really sparkly, really messy. And, um, really awake and alive. And I'm just so grateful to be alive. So there's been so many times that I have not been alive in my fullness. So yeah, I just feel really grateful to be here. I am blown away by you. I don't even know where to begin. I'm so excited by everything you've said. I want to get into your awakening journey, but I also, wow, I feel like I should have written down the things that you said because I want to go point by point. It was just also um, so much of what I'm feeling called to explore within myself. So it's a, it's a very personal thing for me to want to know these things. Let's start from the beginning. Is there like one instance where you would say your awakening journey began or was it just like a series of small things? Like, I know it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but for some people it's like, 
one moment that was kind of broke a membrane of some sort. Mm, I feel that's such a beautiful way to put it. Um, no, I feel like, I feel like my awakening has been spirals and spirals and spirals. Like I've had all these spirals of understanding just who I am, you know, and who, what, what, who, how I'm connected to things. I wouldn't say there'd be one moment. Um, I'd say that there were lots of times where I wanted to bloom maybe, or like, I felt like I could see things or feel things that people didn't feel or see, but I didn't have that language yet, but I did like have my first, I think my first awakening out of many was that one that I mentioned in, um, 2008. Uh, I actually had a, a really intense, super intense moment in, in 2001 as well. After my suicide attempt, I just kind of came back into the earth, um, as a different, like iteration of myself. And, um, that was like one part of it, but the time that I actually became awakened was through my body. So I should say that like any of these spirals or any time that I would point to in talking to you would just be about the body. Like the body's the place where, or I've really humbly met who I am and connected to source and, the first time that that happened was, um, in 2008, I was sick with H1N1 for like five months, almost. It was so wild. I had to go on disability at college because I was so sick and, um, I was super heavily medicated at that point in my life on like 30 or 40 different medicines, you know, something like 36 at the time. So wild. So metabolic medicine, birth control pills and antidepressants and any anxiety medicines. And oh my gosh, I was on ADHD medicine and uh, birth control inhalers, um, antihistamines. And what is the other one for allergies? Just, just everything, all the things, stuff in my stomach. It felt like nothing was working. I was like 27. And, um, I was like, this can't be right. But, um, I went to the nurse like with a fever and, um, she gave me two shots of Gardasil at the same time. And those two shots at the same time, like she was, she was like, are you caught up on Gardasil? And I like had this fever. It was so awful. And, and, uh, after that she gave me the two shots and I went home and my life like completely changed. So, um, I just got so, 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 so sick. Like everything that I put into my mouth, I would faint. So I started to not be able to eat and I became allergic to literally everything. So I became allergic to every perfume that I had, every soap that I had, anything that was around me, like any chemical smells, all chemicals, basically. I didn't know it then. Right. But like, I became allergic to like all of the things of this culture that are chemicals. And so perfumes and makeups and soaps and creams and powders. And then I didn't ever really eat well. And I'd always had an eating disorder and how that was like really linked to my, my solar energy and my will and also like shoving down, you know, memories of abuse for sure. But then also like not being able to access pleasure. So I didn't eat that much. 
but here I was, the little things that I was eating, I was super allergic to. So I was also vegan vegetarian for, since I was like nine. So it was a total, like everything was fucked. I was like, fuck, this is so, I don't know what to do. Then all my teeth started falling out. So I started losing, I lost one, two, three teeth and another tooth over here. And then I had a root canal that failed and then two other root canals that failed over here. And I grew up super poor. So like I had uh, just not very good teeth. I, and I ate foods of this culture, which naturally just like completely take away minerals from your body. And then I had multiple stress and things in my life and I had never not turned it on myself. So what happened was that when I would eat and I would faint, I would see these cosmic eyes. Like I would see these swirling galaxies. I try to tell people my whole family and everyone already, already thought that I was crazy. I was always the one who was called crazy because I was the one who was super artistic or tapped in or psychic or getting in trouble with all of this. Um, yeah. Sexual healing that I was doing. I would never call it that then, but I was just like hiding away this gift. And, uh, and so I didn't know how to talk to people about what was going on, but it just, everything fell apart. Um, I stopped adjusting food. I stopped adjusting everything. Like it was almost as if my body was like, you have like lifetimes of shit in here to digest and you have your own lifetime already of like things that you haven't remembered yet. And so, um, it was a slow, slow journey of like removing all of these medicines and then finding people on the internet then that could like help me learn how to cook food because I didn't know how to nourish myself getting in touch with like any sort of gentle nurturing feminine essence, which I didn't know at the time at all. I had had a severe like mother wound, lack of mothering. My mother was not there to take care of me during this time. And I didn't have a lot of root energy either. I was working as a property manager so that I could go to school. So I didn't make money. And I was just like, it was just, everything was just another one of those zero points in my life where it was just like, everything's blown open. Everything is chaotic. And I started slowly and I learned from different people how to make broth and juice. I had to take an animal's life and like participate in the conscious butchery so that I could take some of those bones into my body, which is like, you know, living crystal, right? You're taking that living crystal into your body to become more crystalline. I would have never thought that because I was, you know, so grossed out by meat, but I started to work with farmers and a bunch of farmers taught me how to eat. And, um, that was really wild and connected me to a lot of that earth energy. And from there, I just got better and better at taking out um, medicines. And then I would also like, I was tapping into like hearing things. So I could hear what I was supposed to drink in the morning and I would juice every morning. I could hear that I was supposed to drink ginger tea all day. So I started drinking ginger tea all day and I connected with, um, gosh, a bunch of different people online at that time. Again, it was like all in Yahoo boards and stuff of people that were learning how to heal themselves. And, um, I started doing things that, uh, I started doing like neti pots and enemas. I started doing breath work. This was in 2008 and it was not cool at all for me to show up anywhere with a thing of broth. Um, and also like I started jumping and doing a lot of jumping. I started, doing a lot of like weird singing and just anything to like uh, move energy. And then I started having memories of abuse and then I started doing narrative therapy and more breath work. And it just kind of all 
spun out during that time. I started journaling, started connecting with my dreams, remembering that I was always connected to my dreams. Um, and it was a lot at the time. I also became like, this was the first time that I stopped having sex with anybody and myself for the first time in my life. What was really hard about that is that when I started having memories, like a lot of people who survived childhood sexual abuse, like you kind of shut down for a while. And that was true in my case. So, um, I shut down and I lost a lot of connection with that, but I was working really hard on other pieces. So, um, I think that part came later for me. I started, cha I started charting. I remember I went to, I went to a, a, like a place where you could Xerox things. And I made my own little like Xerox chart of how to chart my temperature and touch and taste my cervix every day um, to get in touch with my body after I took off myself off birth control. So it was a humbling time because I lost a lot of people in my life. I didn't go out. Um, I had to take care of me because doctors were like, I, I guess I lift this part out. I actually, after I started fainting and all that stuff, I went back to the doctor and they were like, Oh, you need an endoscopy. And, um, endoscopy showed that I had like no villi on my small intestine. So it showed that I had, um, celiac disease. And then I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, cause I was still like trapped in the death uh, pharmaceutical matrix really. And they were just like, Oh, you know, we don't know. Just like, don't eat gluten. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, I don't, I'm not eating. I barely eat anyways. And second of all, like I definitely eat bread. And third of all, like, um, how am I supposed to fix this just by not eating gluten? Like I didn't understand. I remember kind of begging and crying and being really hurt because I was just like, this just doesn't make any sense. Like, so that was, that was, a, you know, a good, I think probably three years of just total body by myself working on my body every single day. I mean, I ended up doing it on elimination diet and then working with Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride on a GAPS diet to uh, slowly reintroduce foods into my life so that I wasn't allergic to everything because I was allergic to like literally everything. So that part was super hard, but also incredible. That was my first awakening. And I'd say that then from there, it seems like it's been rapid fire awakening. Like I don't, I don't think there's been like a calm part of any of this. Like from there, I really, um, got involved with the Weston Price organization and ended up going out and working with Jessica Prentice in Berkeley. And I worked with her and um, joined a little school that she had for learning how to make broth. And I was really into, we have to make broth. But my secret was like that I was this like sexual healing woman and that I like had this whole past of like, that I didn't tell anybody. So I just like tried to hide in that world of like, healing and food and medicine. And I got really big into that world. And then I ended up doing Ayurveda and getting really big into massage. And then from there, I found a lot of sexual healers in California and, um, tried to work with a few, got, got close to working with a few that like would have helped me to gush and squirt, but then always wanted that power for myself. So like spent a bunch of money that I was making out there on that and still never had this root really still never had this like root into the earth.
And I think that that's really what I came to understand was that like, I wanted to root and root down into the earth. And um, I had an assault in California. And from there I broke into a million pieces and I really spoke to like a spider when I was in the middle of an assault that told me like everything's an illusion and you're going to be just fine. And from there I heard messages from spirit to go to Hawaii to heal up my family line. And I was dancing a lot at that time and doing ecstatic dance. And I worked and went with um, my local Oakland ecstatic dance troupe of which people were, I really loved people there. And I sold the rest of everything that I owned and I went there with no money on a one-way ticket and I just walked the earth and I didn't know how long I would walk the earth, but I just did. And I was kind of in a hell death realm, um, but also in heaven. So it was, it was, it's hard to talk about that time in Hawaii because um, I was also like sometimes going mute. I couldn't feel my pussy. A lot of this is related to just not being able to feel my pussy and feeling like I was going crazy for not being able to feel my pussy and then combined with this horrific um, assault that I had had. And it was just too much. And I just wanted to be with Mama Earth. And um, at the same time, I didn't know how to be with her. I didn't know how to have a nurturing uh, feminine energy or a wild feminine energy. I was had lost it. I was like, where the fuck is it inside of me? Used to be this thing that I just did naturally. So um, from there in Hawaii, I died a few times in Hawaii for sure. And I came back to the mainland to see my grandmother. No shoes and no ID. I think I was entering back into the matrix reality. And then I, I uh, could not be with my family. The thing that I had always known was that I had to hide a part of myself in order to be with my family. And that part was my wild, um, just sexual spirit really. And also that I would have to deny abuse and I love them and I love them so much. And I, I know that they were unhealed um, and never got to the places that I got with the information that I got, but they really like needed me to be sick in order to that for them not to be. So I ended up just staying outside and living outside and being homeless and uh, doing more survival sex work then, but also just really communing and talking to the earth, always the plants telling me that they love me. And I was like so numb in my pussy at that point that I was like, I'm going to fuck my pussy back to life in any way, shape or form. So I just had sex with anybody and anybody that I could and really went deep into the underworld of that. You know, it doesn't have to be the underworld. Like not all times were like gross or, or awful. I just mean that it was an underworld of my own self and that I had to see if I could just keep fucking my way into the next reality. And I did, I tried to meet up with my husband and um, he was my partner in 2011 and whenever we would have sex, I would cry. So this is before I had truly told anybody about memories and I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't really even with myself, like, been like, okay, yeah, you do have memories. Like, that's how I feel like it has been as a survivor. Some days it's like, oh, are these memories real? Or are you just, you know, are you just making this up? 
And I've talked to I've talked to other people, and that's totally a thing. But like back then, he would like move my cervix, and I would just be like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" I would just cry, 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 cry. So I knew I had to meet up with him and I was living outside and I just kept trying to find him and run into him. Finally, we met up. I like jumped through this huge portal. I saw it in the middle of the city street. I was like smoking a cigarette and I just like tossed it and like went through this incredible portal. The whole like world got dark and I jumped through this like shiny kind of web material in the middle of the street and met up with him. And, um, we fell in love immediately again and we ended up making some music that night and having sex and I felt my pussy and I squirted and just all these things started happening in my body. And, um, I got my period for the first time in like five years, like five days later. And then in 10 days I was pregnant after being told I was infertile for many, many, many years of my life. So, um, then we got married and, started having children and started opening a business and I started really awakening more to the ways that I could come into my gifts. And then I started hearing messages on how to make plant medicine for sexual awakening. Then I started hearing messages on techniques to teach people to like uh, move old nervous system patterns out of their bodies. And I've had teachers for sure lead me on this path. So I'm not just channeling all the time. I've had teachers um, that have guided me in certain ways, but I will share that I like never finished any of those trainings or anything. Cause I just feel like I start to open up to magic and medicine myself. And, and then from, from there, I had a birth injury with my second home birth and my pelvis broke open. And I really heard like a lot of stories of my ancestry and my history. And I couldn't walk for over two months and I had to relearn how to walk. And um, then my business got super huge, like I said, right after that. And oh my gosh, then I got pregnant again um, and everything collapsed. And then, yeah, having a new awakening really now to my humanity and my humanness coming into true, I think, sitting down with a lot of my shadows and a lot of my ways that I hide, with my, hide from myself and just like these nervous system patterns that aren't mine like the nervous system pattern of whiteness, the nervous system pattern of, of being a woman in society, the nervous system pattern of just any of these things you can call them nervous system patterns or energies or, or just everything that seems to be coming into my lens right now, the ways in which I've hidden myself and also the ways in which, you know, my life has been like pretty psychedelic. I don't feel like I have a lot of this. I don't have any trajectory of like, okay, then I did this and then I did that. And then I went to school and then I did that. Like, it just seems like I have these trajectories of sickness really. And like being sick and then being sick this way and then being sick that way. And then being big and bright and trying to like be out there with my art and then kind of having everything collapse. And so I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 in two weeks. And I think I'm just like finally starting to see like, this is part of my, I guess, soul path here to try to clear up whatever I'm doing. But yeah, now I see everything and feel everything um, differently than I did even just a few days or weeks or months ago as everything shifts in 2020. And I just feel so grateful to be alive and storytelling and dancing and singing and sharing medicines. And I feel I have a new gift on the horizon that I don't even know what it is yet, but I'm, I'm sitting with I'm sitting with a lot of demons right now and just like composting them 
And um, I often just channel messages and share them with the world. So I think awakening process hasn't stopped around 2008, to be honest. just feels like rapid fire um, expansions and contractions and decimations and revelations and all of that um, poetry of life. I love it. I just am so honored to be able to have a platform to share your story because it's not linear folks (laughs) and um it's it's beautiful everything is a mishmash of beautiful events and sometimes it doesn't feel that way when you're in it it does make sense sometimes like when you're further along the road and you're and you start seeing patterns and when spirit talks to you and you have that awareness and that surrender of just being able to just understand that that's how the world operates to you, even though everyone else is telling you that's not how the world operates, but just really listening to who you are and what's coming forth for you and just going with the flow, but also being in power. Like I'm really present to how you're, even with all these varied experiences of being really low um, physically and everything else you it seems to me that you've always had this awareness and strength within you to say no to the bullshit (laughs) when doctors tell you certain things that just doesn't jive Um, but also having that energy within you whatever it is fighting spirit or whatever to find out for yourself how to heal yourself or what you actually need and what's going to nourish you and what is going to help you thrive so i'm really um excited to kind of dive more into everything that you are coming forth now like i'm really excited i feel like you're on the precipice of something grand and i'm excited that i get to kind of witness that when you're talking about hawaii it's interesting like that mama earth you know and that vortex is so powerful that's actually when i started having when i first had my flashback Mm -hmm. of childhood trauma Mm -hmm. Uh, that's when it happened And I was with my girlfriends and it was like high school trip, just us girlfriends that were really close and loving and physically close. Like we would take baths and everyone thought we were weird, but we just really loved each other. And it was just such a nurturing environment. And I really Mm -hmm. love that you bring in sexuality into that because there's so much shame around it. And um, even just, you know, removing the, constructs of what sexuality is like taking a bath with your girlfriend is not necessarily sexual it can be sensual and it can be loving and beautiful but it's not necessarily this like sexual thing that someone there's like a weird power dynamic that people want to infuse in there like uh, someone's trying to get something or someone's trying to I don't know there we have some strange ideas about sex in this culture I think particularly American culture but I remember having that flashback and as soon as I told like the third girlfriend that was around me about it I remember thinking 
did I just make this up? Did this actually happen? But when it happened, I remember it was so clear. It was like the reality superimposed on top of the reality that I was in. And I felt like a little child in a crib having something happen to me. And yet I was in a safe environment with my girlfriends in Hawaii. It's just a really strange experience, but it, it was really eye-opening in terms of me understanding that that flashback didn't need to be explored any more than what has yeah. been shown to me. And I think that's really important too. And healing totally. journeys is your mind protects you. And I think that's why people blank stuff out. Oh, and yeah. If it's meant to come to you, it's meant to come to you mm-hmm. and you don't need to dive into it any further um, unless you feel called to or it's just something that you really feel like you need for your healing journey. But um, that was a big lesson for me. First time I had a memory, I threw up because I went to uh, the bookstore to get the courage to heal book. Cause I was like, this isn't you. Why the fuck are you getting this? Like how you're making this up. Like I just had the meanest voice inside of me be like, how can you be buying this? Who is, who are you? You, this isn't you. These memories aren't real. Just like a beating me up voice. And, um, I had to call myself and be like, I had had enough therapy at that point. Cause I also started therapy in 2008. Um, I had had enough therapy at that point that I was like, okay, yeah, you, that's not you. That voice is not you. That is not you. It's really loud, but you do get to buy this book and you do get to believe yourself. And then, you know, that kind of calmed down. I remember being at home with the book or later on doing breath work, whatever I was doing. As I got healthier, more things came to light and I wanted more, like, just like you're saying, like, it was like, it took me a long time to come to the place of like, no, you know, whatever is being revealed right now is just all that you need. Um, Cause I really like, once I got a few memories, I was like, okay, give me the memories. I'm ready. Like, give it all to me now. Like, I want to know I got a pen. I'm going to write it. I'm going to heal it. I'm going to work through it. And it was like, you know, that same like forceful energy of the culture of like, you know, just like a nervous system pattern of domination, even within myself, you know, my own oppressor. It's so wild to just kind of feel all of your in different internal oppressors. It took a long time to, to, yeah, to just be like, okay, this is it. But I will tell you that the feeling that I have, like I described to you of like, is this real? Is this really me? Is this really my life? I don't know if that ever goes away. Like I can stand really strong in it. And I used to think that the more memories I got, the better that feeling would be. But I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is for somebody, but I don't know if it would be for me. I used to think like, okay, well, if I had a thousand memories or something, then it would, it would make it so that I could stand in this truth all the time. And that just doesn't seem that way. Like I was downstairs and I had had an interaction with my family. And even though I've been through all these cycles of loving them and hating them and, and then finally really loving them, really seeing them, like all these different cycles, right? 
I had had some sort of thing happen and I was just like, oh, am I, Lydia, are you back to the person who believes that she's crazy? And I had to check myself and be like, no, you're not. Like, just because you had an interaction with them does not mean that you have to be the thing that they needed you to be, that your whole family line needs the carrier of this trauma to be, whether it's me or my great aunt or whoever it is, how it's traveled, that they get turned into something in order to not have the truth. Right. So I was like, that's just the story. That's just the trauma of you needed to be something, right? Whether it's sick, whether it's crazy, whether it's a, you know, prostitute, whether it's whatever it is, these labels or stories or whatever it is that, that hold the family trauma, whether it's an addict, whether it's, you know, there's so many different labels, but there's always somebody who's like just carrying the lineage of all this stuff. And so, um, it's wild though, cause it'll haunt me some, you know, invulnerable day, invulnerable days of my life or vulnerable seasons of my life. It'll haunt me. And I have been able to really drum up that nurturing voice inside of me that can come back always and be like, Oh, Lydia, no, like this is, this is really you. I know it doesn't feel like it's your life. And I know you don't, you might not want it to be your life. What if you don't have to hold it all tonight? Like, what if you don't have to decide? Like, you just get to be you tonight. You just get to be human and you just get to have these stories and just get to have to, why don't I hold them for you? Why don't I believe you? If you can't believe you, why don't I believe you tonight? So I feel like it's taking me a long time and a lot of trials to build up that really sweet voice inside of me. That can come right to rushing to my aid when the other voice comes and says like, no, you're wrong. This can't be true. Who even gets abused as a child? How does that even happen? You asked for it. You know, you're just too sexy or just too whatever. Just like I have all this, this just mean voice that wants to convince me that it's not real in order to protect me. So I see it now as the voice of my survival and it's definitely gotten super, super quiet at times in my life. And then there are other times when that voice gets louder again and I have to just work with it, really. I really love how you just talked right now with that sweet, nurturing voice because it reminds me of what you had mentioned on one of your story posts. You mentioned the mother frequency. And when Mm. you were talking, that's what I was feeling, you know, and I really feel that it's sweet and nurturing but it's also really powerful and strong and i love that i'm getting to a place where i'm recognizing that in myself and other women as well and other men too like i i feel like they're coming into their own um ways of that mother frequency but i was really curious about the sexuality element that you had brought up. Um, I mean, with all your other offerings and everything, mm-hmm. how sexuality fits in with motherhood. And, you know, in this culture where we tend to separate them, you know, it's like the saintly mother versus the whore, you know, and it's mm-hmm. so separate but I love how you've melded the two and you get the sense of like a whole woman. And for my own personal journey, I know I've definitely separated it. Like I, 
went to Sex and Love Addiction Anonymous for like a year and I really tried to like stuff down any kind of like when you mentioned turning it off you know like I was so hard on myself like I wish I could just turn it off Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. now I've gotten to a point in my life where I kind of have turned it off because I've gone into that mother role Mm -hmm. and haven't really fully embodied what you are presenting this kind of fully um, bloomed woman who has those elements. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm really excited to hear about it. The mother energy is just the thing that everyone wants, that nurturing sexual, like the nurturing sexual part of it is we don't even have a word for the the sexuality of a mother. Like, because when we think and talk and we say the word spell sex, and sexuality, we literally are feeling, I feel like the spell or the illusion that we're under is that it's just this, this image of maiden or bachelor or however that tends to be. But when you talk about a sexual motherhood, you're just talking about a rich, like so fertile, just like dripping. Like I bleed and I make milk and I get in impregnated with like a seed there's so much richness it's literally like an ecosystem of like total it's a totality um and the mother frequency is the thing that um you know just like we need that strong masculine energy if you want to call it masculine however you want to define it Uh, I think it's just a very big presence, just like you need a presence that's like strong like that. I think the, the thing that a lot of people are wanting too is like a very, very, um, almost like a whipping or a dragon feeling, but it's just like soft. And to me, that's like a nurturing mother energy where it's like, I can feel you. I can navigate you. That's a no, that's a yes. And you are just, no, like I got you. And oh my gosh, come here. Like, let's talk about that. No. Or I love you so much. Like, this is going to be okay. Okay. Like I've got you. So whatever's going on in you, even if you just really messed up and fucked up, like that mother energy is there to just be like, you will, I will never leave you. And I think so much of what's happening right now in society, it's like a lack of that mother energy because we're all like afraid we're going to be left behind if we don't jump this way or jump that way or join this group or that group or this thought process or pattern or feeling. Um, And if the mother energy was there, I think it would really say like, hey, like you can't do this wrong. And you know what? I want to hear what you have to say. And you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to rest. You're allowed to eat. You're allowed to just be. And like, if you fuck up, I'm here. You don't have to do anything, any sort of way to get my love. You just don't. You just don't. Just being gets you my love. And um, another thing I'll say about motherhood and sexuality is that um, it's also, there's also a death mother feeling of being a mom because the systems expect moms to hold up the whole thing and we need to be held up. And so the thing that gets sacrificed for us to be able to hold it all up with nobody holding us is our sex. So it's like, okay, you offer up your sex at the altar of love and belonging to society as a mom, 
so that you can um, basically work off a low battery, <laughs> I feel like, because people aren't supporting mothers. Mothers need to be worshipped. They need to be really worshipped and supported and nourished and just like, just like doted upon in every way, shape or form. And then I think just that tiny bit of worship could like, they're just, they're just overflowing. Like I'm overflowing with milk. Like if somebody is hurting at a park or anywhere, like I go out, I'm, I'm full of milk. Like, I feel like that's part of this. Like you can't extract it from the it, like real at anatomy, physiology, like hormonal, energetic, everything beautiful, like thing that is happening is like, I just like have this heart where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to be there for you. So that's also the mother frequency, I think, is like so awake, so alive, so giving. But we only have the idea of it being like giving from depletion or giving in like a holy um, way cut off from your sex. But I find it as like, yeah, it's it's rivers flowing inside of you, blood, milk sex, like ejaculation. It's total like presence with lots of different people. It's just like, it's fullness. Um, so it's quite a, it's quite a moment that we're missing in society when we're missing like the truly amazing things that mothers could do if they just were given that support. Right. And because they're the ecosystems of this world. Oh, so beautiful. Like I, just want to wrap that all up and give it to people because it's really the opposite of cancel culture, you know, where it's just like you have to be a certain way or you're going to be shunned. You're going to be picked out of the house, you know, mm. and <laughs> I love that mothers have that ability, like even at bedtime when you're so depleted, you still have a little bit of love in you to like read a book <laughs> you know and that's just how we, we roll. Find it. yeah dig deep find it mm -hmm. but um you're so right like we are not nurtured in society i love that you have created through your offerings these mothers who are needing that and who are getting it from just connecting with each other and we nurture each other and we take care of each other, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I love that um, community that we're creating because fuck all that just <laughs> depletion and like you just drink wine and you'll be fine. Like what is this thing that is happening? The narrative is that women are able to just handle everything and then your reward is just a glass of wine or drinking with your girlfriends but it's always this kind of like escapism where it's not like an embodied deep connection that actually nurtures you mm -hmm. and um going back to illness i was kept thinking as you were talking about illness because i've had illnesses as well and I think what I've really gained from that is just like my body craving this connection to Mother Earth and bringing me back to myself, mm -hmm. bring, bringing me back to deepening my connection to myself and Mother Earth. And I'm really called, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was, spirit came to me um, 
while I was going through this journey. And I really feel called to create some sort of, I don't know, like a new origin story of some sort where we're kind of handing off this origin story to preteens and letting them get a full sense of who they are as being part of nature, like that their bodies are um, gifts, you know, like this is an absolute gift to treasure and to use in divine ways. And you could use it, you know, and sexuality is part of that. Like we've been denying pleasure. And I know with my journey, I've always gone through kind of like a codependent thing happening. Um, And so my giving of my sexuality was very depleting. And I love how when you were talking about it, like um, as a gift, sexuality, the way that you described it was like an alchemy process. It I is. Really love that. Yeah, because I never really thought of it that way, that those moments that I've had um, where I was exploring my sexuality and allowing myself that, that it was mutually beneficial. Totally. I think that like, I think that all of us are actually sexual healers. I think we're born that way. So I think we are fractured at our roots and unfortunately disallowed from having our full pleasure system and pleasure and erotic networks. And it is the total requirement of this matrix society to turn off your sex in order to survive. Um, And if you keep it on, you are prey, really. Like, you're prey, not just for people who want to hurt you, but people who want to make money off of you or people who want to, um, yeah, do just so many things. Like, it's just wild. So you have to keep it hidden because it's it's the true currency. We are sexual healers and sex is healing. It doesn't have to look like, ah, to be healing. It just is. And all of us have sexual, like wild sexual gifts that, um, because of these implants and these programs that come into our lives by living in this culture, we have been turned away from, but for us to find them again, yeah, just is to come back into our humanity and our true divinity. Yes. Is there a particular practice that you really love? Yeah, for moving trauma or like any nervous system patterns that have been like over me, I have a lot of like things that I do before this. So I usually would oil my body or do breast massage, but I have a really quick breath work that I do with a wand inside my body and I can do it with a finger as well where I put one hand over my womb and then I have one, I have a wand inside of me and I usually just slowly um, bounce the wand on my cervix. And then I will do uh, like a a big tongue breath. So like, (sighs) and really draw fire. 
And as I do that fire, I move downward energy into my pussy and pelvis. And then I usually pull out the wand and do just like a gush or a squirt out. Um, And maybe I'll have an orgasm or maybe that'll feel like an orgasm. Other times it just feels like a release. I'm really like much more fluid with the ways that I understand orgasm at this point. But um, from there, I feel like a total reclamation of my real nervous system out in the world. So I also feel a lot of relief from any like stagnant thoughts or programs that I feel like I was running or holding that day, right? Like just like any thoughts that weren't really serving me. Um, And this is something that I often do in the morning to just feel really good. Whoa, I'm going to (laughs) try. It sounds so yummy and so filling. Um, No pun intended. No, it feels great. It feels so good. Like you were just like, um, it's like, I feel like we're actually made to live a lot lower. Like I don't Mm. to be so thought based and at all. I think we're made to live lower and lower energy centers and then to kind of emanate out and pull information down and just kind of listen and then move it through. I don't think it's supposed to be thought, 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 thought. I don't really at all. So when I do this practice, what I like about it is that if I am having thoughts, they turn into listening and just, then I'm just a channel that I'm just feeling and experiencing and I'm actually moving from a lower space in my body. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's a practice that I'm definitely going to try. Um, where can people find you? On People can find me on Instagram at Wild and Vibrant. And um, they are always welcome to DM me. I am going to have, I think, a new number that people can text me at at some point soon. So that'll be wild. And um And again, I think, and I feel that, yeah, you're meeting me a a real, like a real depth of darkness. Like I am doing so much shadow work and so much integration work. I'm honored to do it because I feel like never properly done it. Maybe I've done it in other ways, like through ceremonies or just natural rhythms of life. But this feels much more like purging, of course, with what everyone's doing in the world right now. and so it's whatever I'm offering next is is exciting. I'm glad you are giving me space to even just like touch my toe into it because um, I don't quite know what that will be, but I'm sure it will merge all of these um, sexual healings that I've been through and wellness. And that's really why I found sexual healing to begin with is that I was like, I should have started out by saying this, like, sexual healing is the ultimate healing. That is why I went as far as I did. Like I went far up in all these, in the Western price organization doing food. And for what, like at the top of the organization, everyone was like repressed sexually. And, um, many of them had abuse. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like all of us have this thing. And I'm, I don't know if every single person in the world is living on a spectrum of nuanced abuse that they're carrying from their childhood, whether it's sexual or physical or emotional or anything, just a hurt, a harm that we're being expected to carry as children. But I wanted the ultimate truth because I was hurting, right? So I got so much more freer in my breath and my body and off the medicines and I could digest food and I was like 
manifesting and I could do all these incredible things and I was dancing and oh my gosh, I was like doing this, but I couldn't feel my pussy. Right. So like, then I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I wanted the ultimate healing. And so I guess it's not one thing or the other, but I do feel like sexual energy is one of the ultimate healing things. So to integrate sexual healing energy, not just stay there, but to integrate it so that it's, it's part of your throat energy. It's part of your heart energy. It's part of your hand energy. It's part of your thought energy, whatever it is like that's integrated sex energy. And that's the thing that we've been cut off from. Those are the roots that have been severed in our lifetime and lifetimes. Um, and so I love that, like, that that's where I went. I, Cause that's like, must be in me is like, I want the ultimate truth about things. And now I feel like I'm seeking to still alchemize more and move it into how can I embody this and be the next thing for people? Because I do have information. My body gives me information. So right now I say I'm body Oracle and just channeling for people and channeling energies and sharing things as an artist and a spirit and really just a human. Um, but I'm super there for people and I always have lengthy long DMS and am out about who I am. You know, I have a, I have had a pelvic skeletal injury that I can barely move. I have had three home births. One was a free birth. I'm a survivor. I've been, you know, done sex work and, and used that sexual healing energy to really, heal my life. And I want people to know how healing that downward sexual energy into the earth is. You just perfectly summed it all up, didn't you? I love I? It. <laughs> thank you. Like a mic drop. Um, thank you so much for talking and sharing your life and your journey with us. Of course. I'm so honored you reached out. It's just great to have beautiful conversations right and just be yeah. real and just talk about what who we are as humans what yeah. we've been through and what we have to give no perfection no no uh I don't need any certificates from anybody I just want to know what you've been through because you're fucking amazing that's how I feel about everyone <laughs> yeah no I feel the same way and that's why I'm like I gotta have you on because I think you're amazing. It's like I just fall in love with everybody and and their journey. I can feel that squish in you. Thank you so much for all that squish. I love it so much. I feel like that's yeah, what a gift that squishy love energy is. One of my prayers that I said for a lot of my life is like, let me learn how to receive love. So just receiving it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Awake the Tribe podcast. If you would like to tell your own story, please connect with me on Instagram at Awake the Tribe or on my website, awakethetribe.com. You may also email me at rhoda, R-H-O-G-A, at awakethetribe.com.